All right, we're going to do the podcast right, we came here for. <laughs> yeah, it's only been two hours. This whole thing was only supposed to take two hours. And it did. You idiots. <laughs> According to my clock, we have 19 minutes to discuss Wolverine. I think that's 16, all we need. 16. I'm sure I can just take all those instances where we said Wolf's Marine and take out some of the siblings. Take out a phoneme. Oh, yep. <laughs> fine. So we can save lots of time by not saying Wolverine. Perfect. Let's <laughs> just omit it from every place that I would have. <laughs> and it should come in just in time. Yeah, I really enjoyed the character of I thought he did a really good job. <laughs> <laughs> and then the part where fight Sabretooth was just mm. like I really felt pain. <laughs> Spain. <laughs> you felt Spain? <laughs> well, hello, and welcome to another edition of the Gobeski Wallace Report. I'm Adam Gobeski. And I'm Charlie Wallace. Today we have two very sharp. Oh, sure. Two very sharp individuals as guests. We've got Doug Gobeski. Hello. And Paul Wilcox. It's great to be back. And uh, today we're continuing along the Mary Marvel movie march. It's installment number 29. Uh, we're going to talk about the only Marvel movie released in 2009. And that's the May 1st release X-Men Origins Wolverine. X-Men Origins Wolverine is the story of one Dennis, X-Men Origins Wolverine, who, <laughs> okay. who is the next in line to inherit the uh, X-Mansion Origins. But uh, in order to do that, he has to fight off his brother, who is secretly working to advance nuclear power plants across the country. I, I using the same set of like, Mad Libs to do this every time. <laughs> <laughs> it's called continuity, Charlie. <laughs> I, I think the problem was that we just, there's no better name that we could have come up with than Wolf's Marine. <laughs> <laughs> so I guess uh, X-Men Origins Wolverine is the first of the Wolverine series, although sort of like the fourth X-Men movie, kind of. The first X-Men spinoff, I guess we could say that. The first X-Men prequel. It is, yes. The slightly unwieldy appellation of X-Men Origins was because at one point they were going to do a whole series of these. That's what I thought. I didn't know that for sure, but it's like, with a name like that. Because I know there was talk about doing a Magneto one for the longest time, which I don't know for sure, but I kind of think morphed into X-Men First Class, but... We sadly didn't get a movie that would be abbreviated X-Mom. We, we did not, at least not yet. <laughs> so the inevitable question, had you seen it before? I had. I saw it in the theaters where my memory after leaving the theater was basically, oh, that was fine. I didn't mind that. And then uh, bought the Blu-ray on sale at one point. So watched that and then watched it again the other night. My remembrance of this is that well, I know I didn't watch it, and I think I didn't watch it because people told me it was horrible. That's what I remember, and I didn't know whether that was true or not, but I think people? it was the, the universe. I can't think of anyone in particular except that, well, Kara, like I told her we were going to watch it for this podcast, and she said, no, don't do it. And she wouldn't let me watch it while she was around. And <laughs> What? And so I was going to watch it on my laptop yesterday, and I started playing a game instead. And then she got angry at me for not watching it. She's like, you're going to watch that movie so I don't. you don't have to watch it on the big screen later. <laughs> 
She has a particular hatred for it. Did you ask her why? No, I didn't. I, I don't know the reason. I will follow up in the blog post. Kara's particular reason for not liking this. So you finally got around to watching it yesterday? Yes. What was the game you were playing instead? It's called Slay the Spire, which is a fun, like, single-player deck-building, like, dungeon crawler. It's a mishmash of a lot of different genres, and I highly recommend it. So I had seen this movie in the theater with Adam, and I don't think I've seen it since until just this past week. I remember enjoying it at the time, and for whatever reason, apparently I was a much bigger fan of Will I Am than anyone else that I've spoken to, and it's good, folks. I saw this in the theater as well, but I think it was in like the, the, what were those, uh, this isn't really that on topic, but though, remember what, what hall had the, at MSU had the movie theater? Wells. It was what, yeah, I saw it at, at the Wells Hall theater, which is that like kind of after they're released or? Like, yeah, for the most mm, part. Not necessarily. I actually attended a sneak preview of National Treasure in Wells Well, yes, yeah, sneak previews they would do, but for their general Friday night movies, they were second runs. So yes, I saw this in the second run at Wells Hall and thought it was pretty good at the time from what I remember, but I had not seen it since until Monday. So my copy, at least, opens before the movie itself with, like, the rating and then the explanation of the rating, whatever you call that, right? Where it's, like, PG-13 for, you know, violence and action and partial nudity. And I was like, oh, yeah, partial nudity, because I forgot it was Hugh Jackman's partial nudity. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, yeah, it's kind of from a distance. He's running into a barn. But there's some butt. (laughs) Yeah. Doing hurdles. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Diving down a waterfall. (laughs) So this movie is loosely based, I think, on a, a Wolverine story line called Weapon X, which I haven't read, so I don't know anything about it. Well, I know a little bit about it. Uh, And then there's also a little bit about from the Wolverine Origin limited series from 2001, which I have read, which was the first time to establish that his name was like James Howlett and he was um, born in the 19th century and was actually a lot older than anyone thought. Like that was actually fairly recent, I think, as far as this movie goes relative to the whole Wolverine existence. Yeah, that was a very surprising part to me because I didn't know that. And I was wondering if any of that had been revealed in other movies or that this is a completely new concept. Because I am often accused of not paying full attention to some of these films. (laughs) I may have missed something. I don't think you missed anything. Certainly this movie has some retcons that are better than others. (laughs) The big one that I think is actually specific to the movie is that Sabretooth and Wolverine are half-brothers. It's not clear if they're full brothers or half brothers. The impression I got was they were half brothers, that they had the same dad, but a different mom. Although I guess it leaves it kind of vague. And that's not established to the best of my knowledge in any of the comic books. But the fact that they make them brothers means that the scenes of Wolverine and Sabretooth in the original X-Men movie seem kind of weird then in retrospect. (laughs) Yeah. Well, again, my attention skills. Did they say Sabretooth at any time during this movie? Do we know that this is Sabretooth from the context of the film? Like, I got the impression that's who it was, but... You think they just called him Victor the whole time? Much of the time they did call him Victor. Yeah, definitely more than Sabretooth. 
the name Sabretooth does not show up in the transcript. Hmm. Well, apparently you'll have to cut it because I'm bad at uh, (laughs) movies. You need to disguise that fact. (laughs) No, it's a a reasonable point, right? I mean... Like, how did I watch this movie? I mean, obviously it's Sabretooth. Sure. Like, from the get-go. Man, that is super confusing. I don't know if we want to get right into it, but I think one problem people tend to have with this movie that I don't have as much is that, yeah, there's a lot of retconning and things like maybe this didn't actually happen in Marvel history or things aren't maybe given proper reverence or used in strange ways. And often I don't notice that because I don't know what things are supposed to be like. Mm-hmm. So it was like the sort of thing where I'm like, well, probably Sabretooth, but I don't really know that. And it just didn't seem to bother me too much that it didn't really fit into the other movies. Mm. I mean, obviously, if you need to check the transcript, check it. But obviously they called him Victor Creed. So we know just based on that, that it is Sabretooth. Oh, sure. I don't think any of us is going to argue that that's not who it was supposed to be. But the movie does go out of the way to not mention that Did you name. spell Sabretooth correctly? Uh, yeah, and I put in both ways just in case they didn't. Just search for tooth? <laughs> um, I guess I didn't do that. So it looks like the credits just call him Victor Creed. Huh. But there are promotional images that call him Sabretooth. Ah. Like I'm looking at a post, like a character poster of him. Okay. See if I can find a toy. Because that's how people know about things, right? Toys. <laughs> that's how I would have known about them if <laughs> yep. I hadn't been like, you know, 20-something by the time this movie came out. No, the toy's called Sabretooth. Although I guess the premium series was Victor Creed. Oh. See, it's more so marketed it's, towards it's, the adults. <laughs> so it's Victor Creed or Sabretooth if you're nasty. Yep. <laughs> Sorry, now I'm just down the uh, toy rabbit hole. It's easy. Is there a toy for Fred Dukes? They really did make that Deadpool figure that shows up in the Deadpool movie. (laughs) Was there any doubt? That could have been the sort of thing that they just... Asked the props department with? Yep. Uh, yes, there is a blob toy. Ooh. Although it looks like it's comic blob because oh. it's next to com- it's like a two pack with comic saber tooth. I mean, that's cool, but it's not as cool. Yeah. So you can get movie saber tooth and comic saber tooth, but it looks like you can only get comic blob. Can you get Wraith? Um, not obviously. Doesn't look like it. Oh, well. What are we talking about? <laughs> uh, we were talking a bit about, is he named oh. Sabretooth? Oh, right. How are you supposed to know he's Sabretooth? I guess by existing. Right. Yeah, like, I mean, the teeth like and the just, fingers are... No, I, th- I mean, just in terms of, like, promotional material, I'm assuming, right? Oh. So if you went into this movie completely blind, and yeah, you might not realize that. I mean, even if you did go in completely blind, would that be detrimental at all? Like, is there anything you'd really be missing if you had zero context? Yeah, I mean, I have very little context to the point where I don't think I knew Sabretooth well enough to say, oh yeah, that's Sabretooth. I was just like, oh, this Victor guy is supposed to be somebody. He's got teeth and he's a real bad guy. Paul, are you saying you weren't aware that that was Sabretooth? You know, I, I don't think I was. I think I was just like, oh, this is Victor. He's got teeth. He's probably somebody, but maybe, you know, I just don't even think I really thought about it. I was like, oh, that's his brother. That was my main thought in the context of the movie. So I guess we'll ask you, (laughs) was there anything that you felt you were missing? No, I thought everything made sense with the story and everything, you know, there wasn't really anything that you need to really know about him that you can't see in terms of like what his abilities are and all that, you know, and his personality. Yeah, exactly. It's all provided ample context within the movie itself. 
Yeah, I guess it's not like super important for the movie that he be Sabretooth. Yeah, I mean, like I didn't think there was like anything like you're seeing his entire like lifespan throughout the movie. So or like in the beginning of the movie. So it's not like you're like, oh, there's a whole lot of backstory that I'm missing of Sabretooth. You know, actually, that happens a lot in this movie. There's I think they got out of their way to tell us that this is Wolverine and that's who we're talking about. But everyone else gets their name mentioned. Maybe it's mostly their like actual first name. Names, I think. Yeah. And like mm-hmm. slight allusions to what their name might be. We're not actually calling them those things. Called him Bub. <laughs> right, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> I guess Gambit gets called Gambit. That's true. Yep. Yeah. yeah. But then we know it's a special name when he actually calls him Gambit. It gets his attention. So that was that was my X-Men moment. Like, oh, I know this guy. <laughs> He's the guy in the Genesis game. <laughs> so then how did you feel about um, having this long history of fighting various wars and stuff that the like, opening credits kind of run through? It was awesome. Yeah, I thought it was cool. thought it really gives you a sense of their uh, immortality. <laughs> Yeah, I think it's unfortunate that so much of the good parts of this movie are front loaded because I, again, I'm tipping my hand about what my rating might be, but I thought I was going to give us an unusually high rating for what I had heard about the film. I was ready to come in here and say like, oh, this movie's a hundred times better than anyone ever says. I appreciate it so much more, but I think it was just the first few openings, especially that, that I thought was really creative and got to introduce us to the characters in a clever way. And as far as effects and like design, it's, I think heads and tails over anything else in the rest of the movie oh yeah there's definitely parts where it's like the cg is really quite poor yes yes like surprisingly yeah. poor for a 2009 movie like oh did they really run out of money or something yeah because like <laughs> to like skip way ahead right but like the patrick stewart creepy de-aging right was probably about in line with 2009 tech right. but you, like you sure that was uh cgi and not just patrick stewart wearing a patrick stewart mask i guess i can't say <laughs> It looked kind of like it, like it didn't fit his eyes right around the sockets, you know? I mean, it's weird. It's like they thought that Patrick Stewart had aged appreciably in like the last 15 years before that, right? It's like Patrick Stewart's very notably has looked relatively the same age for a very long time. The last episode of Next Generation has a part of the story involves um, Picard in like the future. And I seem to recall someone commenting that they like aged him like 20 years for that episode and like made him look old. And now that like he's past that point, he still looks younger now than he did in that episode. (laughs) (laughs) It just seems strange that they bothered. Like people would be looking for that and be like, oh, he looks looks too old yeah i don't know or why in the in the production stage they wouldn't have just said okay that looks bad let's not use it well because in 2009 it probably looked pretty good yeah all right fair you know i'm not saying it looked great but it probably looked better then than it does to our eyes 10 years Mm -hmm. later i mean compare it to dh jeff bridges right well dh jeff bridges doesn't come till next year that's almost the same i don't think de-aging technology was uh that different year to year But like some of the shots just look like really, really poor and not just shots that you'd expect to look kind of crummy, like Sabretooth leaping around occasionally looks kind of crummy. And I think some some of that just is like, okay, 2009. But like the opening or one of the op- early scenes with like them in the plane flying to like Africa or whatever it is, right? Like that plane's pretty obviously fake. When Wolverine and Sabretooth have the fight outside the bar in Alberta and he gets Wolverine gets crushed by logs. Like the logs are unbelievably fake looking. Like yeah, that, like that's when I remember like super actually noting shiny. It. 
they're like super shiny. They like basically have not been textured at all. Because then it would cut to like practical locks, and it, the difference was stark. Just oh, like how obvious I, it was. I didn't even notice the shininess. I just noted that they didn't move properly. Yeah, there's also that problem too. But just the way they look, right? It's just like wow. And it kind of reminds me of like. 2009, I think, is also the year that the first G.I. Joe movie came out, which is also a movie I saw in theaters because Christopher Eccleston's in it. And that's another movie that wastes his talents. But uh, <laughs> we're not we're not at Thor the Dark World yet. <laughs> but there's a scene in G.I. Joe where whichever Wayne's brother it is says some comment to somebody and then hops on a motorcycle and weaves through a bunch of like close traffic away. And it's really obvious in that movie that they've just filmed traffic and then tried to CGI a motorcycle driving, <laughs> weaving in through the cars. And it's just so bad looking. That's what the log scene reminded me of, of just like, oh, like, oh, this really terrible 2009 computer graphics. Yeah. Yeah, there was the scene that was worst for me was they're in Lagos. They show the cityscape and then pan down to the group of mutants like walking through the streets towards this clearing. And it's like, why? (laughs) Like, I would have been fine if you had just shot something in British Columbia or wherever you are, like low to the ground and just said that it was Africa. I would have rather seen that than this horrendous CG representation. Um, I definitely agree with you that I thought the first half of the movie is a lot better than the second half. One of the best things about the first half is that they set up all these interesting mutants, these characters that you're hoping to follow. Mm-hmm. And then you realize that that's the majority of the scenes that they're going to get. So yep. you also wanted more Will I Am? I did, yes. Okay. More Dominic Monaghan? Moynihan? M- Monaghan? Monaghan. Monaghan. Yeah, I was, I was sad that he didn't make it very far. Because they all have really interesting powers that I would have liked to see utilized a bit more it's like you see it all of the things once as if they're going to be used later well they were well, i guess they you are got to see ryan reynolds come back later in the movie you're right you're right you do see all of the powers used later in, in one character i mean i think this is relevant for me and doug and maybe <laughs> someone else in there but <laughs> dominic uh, monahan plays bolt who is therefore our first new warrior to appear on the big screen wow he's in volume two facts fans you know, you got me thinking who would be the next one. To date, I'm not sure there are any others. Although so there's small, So just small screen then? Yeah. Well, that last I heard, that shows in, uh, well, I guess Cloak and Dagger, sort of. Yeah, Cloak and Dagger. But, Wait, what else were you thinking? Well, there's a new Warriors show that got announced, but I'm not sure I've heard anything about that in the last year. Yeah, probably going to suffer the same fate or worse as New Mutants movie that was supposed to come out multiple times by now and probably you will never see it yeah it's never come out maybe a real man thing for paul to look forward to <laughs> yeah so like i thought like the the early stuff with like the fighting and the wars and like showing them as mercenaries and then wolverine's like this is too amoral for me like i'm out right it, and then becomes a lumberjack like i thought that worked pretty well they weren't mercenaries though they're governmental Although it was kind of confusing to me. So these guys were working for the American military, but at the same time, some of the facilities were in Canada? Yeah, what's wrong with that? We have a good relationship with Canada. They let us put our military fixtures there all the time, right? Canada let the CIA pay them to run MK Ultra experiments. Wait, did they really? Yeah. Oh, 
Yeah, it's uh, practically CIA, so I guess, yeah, it tracks. But apparently they ran these experiments on lots of people without their consent. Yeah. Oh. That sounds about right. Yep, MK Ultra is kind of messed up. We'll post about it on the blog, yeah. We have no idea of the extent that happened because when Watergate happened, the CIA destroyed almost all the documents because they were worried about also being found out. Mm-hmm. And I think the only reason we know anything is because some of the documents were uh, misfiled and so didn't get destroyed. I think we can assume that they didn't really find anything particularly special. Wouldn't expect them to have destroyed the documents if they had really good findings. Like, oh, we did manage to uh, create a guy who can fly the plane using only his mind. That said, though, it's not directly related to MK Ultra, but there was time when the British military dosed a platoon or something with LSD without telling them to see what would happen. There's footage of this. Hmm. Whoa. Of the soldiers like wandering around, like giggling, laughing. One of them climbs a tree at one point. <laughs> <laughs> One thing I really liked about that whole intro is that it tends to be a really common trope in a lot of action movies that you have that, you know, character with like the, oh, I've done some stuff in my past. But you don't normally actually see, like, have a sequence that really hammers at home. Like, yeah, they've seen and done some really, really bad stuff. So I felt like it it made the what could be somewhat cliched, you know, lumberjack in Canada scenes it wouldn't have worked as well as it did if there wouldn't have been such a good intro, I think, to actually make you feel that dark past. It also kind of reminded me of the, I mean, not at the time, but in retrospect, it kind of reminded me of the 2009 DC movie Watchmen, like the way that movie opens. Yeah. And in some ways, that's the best part of that movie, too. But we'll get to that movie when we're 70. <laughs> mm-hmm. Doing the DC death march. Yeah, the DC killing spree. <laughs> that's what it was. <laughs> so I guess where did it start to go downhill for you then, Charlie? Um, if you were up to a 10.5. <laughs> 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 uh, I guess all the stuff with the... Uh, so what's the sorry what's the name of the love interest in this because we don't really learn that kayla silver fox kayla silver fox right which you absolutely do learn well, that. i know that's actually but... you not paying attention <laughs> <laughs> i saw it in the credits and i was like silver fox is that like her code name or was that her actual name it's her last name okay so we get the stuff with kayla silver fox which is kind of to be expected we know that that's gonna happen right we expect her to get fridged i guess that doesn't actually happen <laughs> Maybe you Precisely. expect her. I mean, yeah, yeah, yeah. Not so cynical. I guess. It- <laughs> <laughs> I'm just trying to trace in my head what actually happened in this movie. So there was that. Is yeah, I think it was when she got killed, and I was like, uh, I mean, it's been very tropey up until this point. But all right, now he's gonna be upset. He's gonna go to get revenge, and you know, we've lost track of all of these other interesting characters. Like, how are they gonna reintegrate themselves? And it's just the fact that they never do. You get like sort of glimpses of them, and then they die. Mm-hmm. In fact, it was even I think it was Dominic Monaghan when he got offed. I think that was the point where I was like, oh, come on. I would have liked to have seen him done something. Yeah, there was some untapped potential in that power. It was kind of anticlimactic. Like, okay, so he's he likes to use his power in peaceful, hobbyist kind of ways. And it just, you know, we never get to see it in action again. And even I knew that Wade Wilson was going to show up again at the end of the movie. But it was kind of strange to say, like, oh, yeah, he's already dead. I'm like, Ryan Reynolds was one of the most compelling things about the start of the movie. And we've already dispensed with him. And we know we won't. That's the one thing I knew is that we weren't going to get him back either. I was hoping for at least a couple more scenes. 
I mean, come on, you know, if he's a big actor at this point, he's got to got to run off and then do like Adventureland or something. Right. Or the proposal doesn't have time to waste Wolverine. <laughs> like, I remember when I saw this, I was like, wait, he's in a movie that it's not a rom-com because <laughs> I'd kind of just pegged him as a rom-com guy at that point. I think he, he's been in plenty of other stuff, but I was like, oh, it's been a while since I've seen him in a movie with it didn't have Dane Cook. <laughs> <laughs> feels like something's missing <laughs> yeah i don't know i guess that didn't bother me as much it kind of bothered me a bit this time re-watching this and like the particular talent that wade wilson has of just like being a jedi basically <laughs> Where i was like this seems a little extreme uh, but whatever i guess they gotta give him something cool to do so he'll do the movie gotta have some music yeah. powers right <laughs> Yeah, but I think a large reason this movie works for me is because of Hugh Jackman. In that I realized at some point that, oh, I just like watching Hugh Jackman. He's a great actor. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And so that kind of papered over some of that stuff earlier on. And it wasn't until they killed the old couple no, in the yeah. barn that that's the point at which I started to like, oh, okay, I'm not really on board with this anymore. Because up to this point, I thought, you know, generally speaking, they've done a pretty good job with everything. And then that happened. I was like, come on, really? There's no need for that. A ridiculous action movie. I think I did, and I didn't. I think I wanted a ridiculous action movie that wasn't so intent on trying to kill all the secondary characters. You had to kill anyone who uh, had interacted with Wolverine to make sure that when X Men comes around, he's just some weird nobody. I guess. Uh, that part bothered me too, but mostly for the reason that I don't think Logan's stupid. Why would he not predict that that was going to happen? Like, I'm going to hang out with this old couple for a while, and I'll just stay here overnight, and I'll get some food and some clothes, and I'll saunter off, you know, on my own Wait, pace in the morning. Did you predict that was going to happen? Oh, yeah. Like, I was pretty yeah. sure. Well, I didn't know they were going to get killed, but I knew that he was going to get ambushed there, and that he was going to put them in danger. Didn't know you were so cynical. Yeah. Because I'd seen the movie twice before, and that part still surprised me. It surprised me the way they got killed but i wasn't surprised that it happened what were you expecting uh maybe not just to get assassinated straight up like maybe them to get tortured or something like them coming by and saying where did he go and them saying i'm not going to tell you where he went or them holding them hostage or something instead of just like nope i'm going to murder them right now he figured they'd be asleep and then the deadpool would come along and murder them in their beds (laughs) yes quietly in their sleep i think you're getting ahead of yourselves by a few (laughs) movies here (laughs) Eh, only what 30 or so looks like it's only 27 oh big difference my bad um i will say and this may be a minority or opinion i don't know i have this sort of feeling though that it is but i like taylor kitsch as an actor like i have this general feeling that everyone hates taylor kitsch for some reason and i think he's fine yeah whenever people say taylor kitsch i think taylor lautner so i'm like i don't really know who taylor kitsch is besides this now i have yeah, to look him up i think of i second charlie on that he's john carter and john carter oh okay well i like that mm. yeah. But I think his performance in this is part of the reason why I have a really hard time imagining Channing Tatum in a Gambit movie that we're not going to get because Disney bought Fox. So I assume that's over. But, you know, that project was going for the longest time. And I was like, Channing Tatum as Gambit? I can't picture it. And that's partly because I thought Taylor Kitsch did a really good job as Gambit in this movie. Like, I enjoyed the way like that, you know, they showed his power and, you know, just physically the way he looks. And he does the accent a little bit, but he doesn't oversell it like he's in a Claremont comic book or anything so that was fine and i I just i really like that
Nobody has anything to say in response to I, that. I liked Gambit, too. It, the whole subplot about him felt somewhat pigeonholed in, though. It's there because we want to introduce Gambit. Like, when they were out in the alleyway, I so I actually enjoyed Liev Schreiber a lot in this. And really enjoyed all the fight scenes he had with Hugh Jackman. And so when Gambit came in and crashed the party, I was kind of like, ah, get out of here. I mean, I'm sure nobody thinks that but me. Because everyone loves Gambit. <laughs> but. Part of the reason is that I'm an old millennial, so Gambit's right in my age group uh-huh oh yeah it's like oh right when gambit came out he's awesome yeah like you remember the x-men tv series mm-hmm. uh, the, you TV know, the, series, series. the sega games you know yeah gambit's <laughs> awesome and then there's like oh my gosh he has his own series as a comic book i'm totally gonna buy it because i'm like 10 and it's amazing i was very appreciative that they actually went to new orleans for that so yeah gambit's awesome the Three Mile Island stuff's stupid. I agree. <laughs> Especially when, like, the climax happened, and I was like, so maybe I don't remember, but I don't recall one of the cooling towers collapsing at any point. <laughs> I did. I remember that. What? I mean, you don't. Oh, you mean in real life? Yeah. Oh. Just like you don't remember uh, that epic battle on Alcatraz that happened in a previous <laughs> X Men movie? I mean. <laughs> Oof. We're going to have fun times when we get Captain Marvel, aren't we? The 90s weren't like this at all. Actually, the only thing that really bothered me about Captain Marvel was them having to sit and have to wait to load a CD, an audio CD. I was like, that's not how it happened. (laughs) Wait, I haven't seen this. What happens? I haven't actually watched it yet. There's a moment where they put a CD into a computer and there's like a long like loading screen that they turn into like a joke because computers were slower back then. Ha ha ha. But then it just opens up CD player. And I was just like, that's not how CD player works. (laughs) (laughs) okay but what do you mean about alcatraz when did alcatraz show up x-men the last stand i mean granted that's not in the past (laughs) i guess per se at that time that is because (laughs) yeah that's near future right so in theory that could happen right and the fact that it didn't (laughs) all right well that's because we're in the darkest timeline right but things set in the past that featured pretty substantial things that definitely didn't happen i find it a little harder to about like you know known like actual locations right like i find that a little harder to suspend my disbelief (laughs) about boy you must hate watching star trek anytime they talk about historical stuff or go into the past it's the same issue you know no it's not because they're not dealing with major (laughs) earth shattering events right like the eugenics war but the eugenics war was the future for them so that doesn't bother me right and the eugenics war when they talked about that it was 1966 so obviously the 90s hadn't happened yet that's not a big problem anytime they actually go back to the past past so um, you don't like alternate history you're but you're okay with alternate future is that the bottom line no it's not even alternate history because they're not presented as alternate histories right they're presented as you know history but when it's history about something that you know for a fact didn't happen because it it's not the sort of thing they could have covered up right there's no way they could have covered up the massive destruction of one of the four cooling towers on three mile island right there's just no way they could do that then I have a difficult time with it, right? That's a lot different from like, oh, hey, like there was a weird guy who, you know, met up with some other weird guy in a soup kitchen in the 30s and then a woman got killed, right? Like those aren't major earth-shaping events. That's not the sort of thing that's going to make national news for weeks. 
Did I get muted? Is that what happened? No, it's no, it's, no, it's just I don't agree with your point, but it doesn't seem like I'm going to be able to sway you. So I'm not sure it's worthwhile to continue discussing it. It's uh, it's an odd take to me. Why is it odd? We're gonna have this conversation, damn it. Fine, fine. I guess I I don't have some sort of arbitrary limit like you on my suspension of disbelief, where it's like that's not what happened. Charlie, defend me. Back me up here. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I don't know. I just can't take it seriously. I I, I did I did think that at that time. I was like, oh, that didn't happen. That's a little bit unusual, but I didn't let it bother me, especially since it was at the end of the movie. Well, it only bothered me in that we're having a podcast. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> Paul, defend me. I didn't even know enough of the details about Three Mile Island to even have that thought occur to me. Really? I, I didn't tie the movie to that actual event, is what I mean. Like, I just thought of it as, like, a movie. And I was I didn't even think, oh, they're going to Three Mile Island. Island. Just I was so watching this movie the way uh, Charlie would watch this movie. <laughs> <laughs> oh, okay. And then I was like, here's the showdown at a generic nuclear power plant. Yeah, same for me. <laughs> so one of the towers goes down, it doesn't affect history, and I am just didn't happen to think about it. So I don't have a take, because I was not tying it to an actual historical event. Charlie, attack Paul's position. (laughs) (laughs) Just imagining Adam typing in, attack Paul. Like Stryker typing stuff into Command Deadpool. (laughs) Decapitate. Like, attack Paul's position, which was my position. (laughs) (laughs) So, yeah, I don't know. It was fine for a while, and then it just starts to rely a little too much on generic action movie stuff and weird coincidences and things like that. That I started to get off board a bit. Yeah, I felt the same way in that I, I don't know, in that I wasn't, I don't even remember like actively thinking about it. I just remember kind of like fading as the movie went on, like held my interest really pretty well through the first half and just kind of petered off a little bit. So is this why we've mostly just discussed the first 10 minutes of the movie and, and little else? What do you want to talk about? Special effects. I thought we talked about special effects. Or did you have more to say? I had more to say. Then say away. Mostly, like, from the special effects, I got a little bit of a B-movie vibe, which I was like, well, okay, whatever. In that every time someone said X, the B-movie trailer played? (laughs) No. In that the movie certainly didn't lack for ambition when it came to the action stuff. Like, it was pretty over the top, to the point where some of it, the reach exceeded the grasp. But I don't fault it for that. I'd rather have a movie that overextends like that than a movie that's, you know, boring but competent all the way through. So, like, in particular, certain of the action sequences, like when Wolverine is escaping from the secret government facility at Alkali Lake, there's some very fast cutting going on. So you, you get like one second, then it cuts to another camera angle for another second, then you get another cut for another second, and then another one. So like some of that was a little jarring, but overall, I think it worked well. Totally wrecked that helicopter. <laughs> yeah. 
I was okay with the helicopter Humvee scenes. I thought they were fun. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it was a little yeah, bit ridiculous. Yeah. I liked Zero. Yeah. I liked uh, I liked Fred Dukes. I thought they did a nice job of making him grotesque. Yeah. <laughs> Some of the banter was good. You know, last time I saw you, that girl looked like she was 85 pounds. And I liked the Bub Blob thing. <laughs> Although this transcript I'm looking at seems to consistently think he's saying the word Bob. (laughs) (laughs) It was like lots of things of like, listen, Bob. (laughs) Probably machine translation. Maybe they kept writing Sabletooth or something. Yeah, like we can't be sure (laughs) that they didn't say Sabretooth. (laughs) I did check for just tooth and that didn't show up either. Okay. It's Did you try tooth? <laughs> oh, there is a tooth. <laughs> no, oh. there's not. <laughs> oh man! Had <laughs> <Pat> again. <laughs> And I didn't mind Will I Am. Yeah, he was fine, yeah. I don't know that he was amazing, but he wasn't terrible. I thought he was good. Yeah, you just kind of wish you could have spent more time with these characters rather than just having them all be killed off fairly quickly. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, that's not the worst criticism of a movie, you know? It's like they did a good enough job with the characters that I wanted more. I mean, maybe that is the problem with how the movie was designed. I mean, if it's X-Men Origins and they're planning on making other films, they just try to cram in a bunch of different characters. So we've got Cyclops. He's in here. Because sure. they want to give him either a spinoff or at least want to show, you know, some, I guess, dramatic irony that, hey, Wolverine saved him, but he wasn't able to see Wolverine. I mean, compare this movie to like the previous one in the series, X-Men The Last Stand, where it was just bloated with too many characters. In that yeah. one, it was, I felt like they had too many characters and you didn't spend enough time with them to even really get a feel for the characters. Whereas in this movie, they had a lot of characters, but I didn't feel like it was just... Just bang, bang, bang. Here's a new guy. And, you know, you don't even get to understand and get a feel for him. And then he's gone. It was more, here's your group of guys. And the way we're setting this up is that they're going to be picked off one by one. Yeah, I'd agree with that. Like, I think it's a testament to the fact that we're all like, oh, man, I wish we could have spent more time with, you know, Bolt and Wraith and Maverick and all these people. Right. Which I don't recall being a sentiment that we expressed in Last Stand. No. Yeah. Just like, oh, man, I wish we could have spent more time with Callisto and Multiple Man. And <laughs> right. <laughs> so, you know, obviously it's so therefore it's more successful, I think, on that level. I guess thinking about it a little bit more, it feels like the movie's just throwing stuff against the wall and trying to see what sticks for the sake of future movies. Oh, well, let's throw Gambit in here because we'll probably want to give Gambit his own movie if people like him. Like, okay, well, here's Deadpool and we're going to add this scene after the credits and therefore we can have a Deadpool movie or Sabretooth isn't dead, right? He just kind of jumps off. It's like they were just trying a lot of different things, which in a lot of ways I appreciated and they just didn't follow through with a lot of it. I see what you're saying. I, I don't know that I had that sense of like they're consciously setting up sequels and other movies beyond the Deadpool thing, which was dumb we'll anyway. Get there. <laughs> yeah. So like I can see what you mean about the Gambit thing. And the Saber 2 thing doesn't bother me because obviously he shows up in X-Men. So Yeah, well, that's true. Even if you don't necessarily make the connection that that's the same character. Right. But then presumably your nerdy friend tells you, oh no, that's Sabretooth. <laughs> I assume that anyone who sees this movie has a reasonable chance of having a friend who knows that that's Sabretooth because they saw the earlier movies or they saw the poster in the lobby or something. Yeah. 
Should we talk about Deadpool? I probably should. Yeah, let's get into it. How, as far as I can tell, that one felt like they were trying to justify the fact the character's code name is Deadpool. Oh, yeah. <laughs> when that's just like one of those like 90s names, right? <laughs> yeah. So what I wonder most about Deadpool, this movie, is that I almost wish I'd seen this earlier because what would you think about that character if you didn't know who Deadpool was? Am I giving the right impression that people don't like this representation of Deadpool because it's not anywhere near what Deadpool is supposed to be? No, it's um, actually a very accurate portrayal of Deadpool, and everyone loves it. I don't know what you're talking about. <laughs> so, you can just cut at him entirely. <laughs> um, I think the, the beginning scenes are reasonably accurate. He talks way too much. He's got a sword, you know, two swords, and he actually also uses guns a lot as well. It's kind of like he did effectively go through the Weapon X program and, you know, get Wolverine healing powers. So we've got that in this movie. And I think they just kind of ran too far for most people's taste because, I mean, the fans love Deadpool. We see that years later when the movie Deadpool comes out. <laughs> I mean, it's also it, worth noting it, that the Weapon 11 version of Deadpool isn't really how Deadpool actually is. Like comic Deadpool, comic Deadpool doesn't have retractable sword blades, for instance. Well, yeah, no, that's what I'm saying. They go too far. So just because they got part of it right, but then they screwed up a lot of it. It's like it's like if you made a Superman that wasn't interested in saving people and was content to have like horrific fights that destroy half the populace <laughs> of a city with apparently like no like remorse or anything. Fans, I think, might be upset about that. Yes, understandably so. I'm just saying that they did go too far, but they didn't make it out of whole cloth. They started with the actual comic book origin of Deadpool to some degree and said, okay, well, here's what we need for this movie. We're going to just, you know, make it work for that. But I'm no longer upset by this portrayal of Deadpool because I understand just from a story perspective why they did it the way they did it. And so I can just appreciate it like that and just let it happen because i know that seven years later we're going to get a deadpool that's truer to the comic book version so we don't need to worry that this version screwed it up forever all right let me try and put it in terms that charlie might understand <laughs> does it involve singing a song not in this episode I'm thinking Adam should sing a song about it. Imagine that Netflix was going to make a live action version of Cowboy Bebop. <laughs> and that in that version, Spike turns out to be uh, part cyborg who has the ability to shoot bees from his hands. Oh. And that'll end up being relevant because... Uh, uh, I don't know someone in the red dragon with the B movie. Someone in the red <laughs> dragon syndicate's allergic to bee stains or something. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> right you might be understandably peeved at this change sure yeah <laughs> so that's like so this that's sort of the equivalent is like well people are like oh deadpool is in this movie what is this right. this isn't really Deadpool. 
did people who, I guess it's hard to say, probably for us, but would people who weren't familiar with Deadpool care? I'm not sure people who weren't familiar with Deadpool would bother with the movie in the first place. <laughs> <laughs> like, if you're going to go out of your way to brand your movie X-Men Origins Wolverine, right? Like, I don't know that you're going to attract the stereotypical soccer mom crowd with that. <laughs> We're not quite to the MCU where all the normies are into it yet. Right, yeah. It hasn't reached a level where people feel more comfortable about watching superhero movies and stuff, right? Like, we're still very much, I think, in a, like, comic book movies are for comic book nerds mindset rather than just, oh, general entertainment that everyone enjoys. So besides the fact that I liked Ryan Reynolds' character at the beginning of the movie, I thought the Deadpool villain at the end of the movie was fine. I thought it was interesting, having all the different powers combined, like how we were going to defeat this thing. I really didn't mind it. Uh, It's kind of interesting, but it's also, it just suffers from the CG action blow, right? Of like, okay, we're just, here are three people, you know, standing in front of a green screen that's semi-convincing, but not really. And they're going to jump around for a while and then, yeah. And the good guys win because the good guys are supposed to win, not any other compelling reason. Not because they did anything particularly clever. Well, I thought the back-to-back part was a nice callback. Yeah, that yeah. admittedly was That's nice. cool. You know, it's it's not Peter Quill sacrificing himself by holding on to the, the whichever gem, the purple gem is. Our gem, probably. Sure. It doesn't feel like epic enough or important enough, I think. It almost feels like a mini boss rather than the final boss, I think. Well, yeah, no, the final boss is William Stryker and he loses to him. I mean, contemplate Star Wars Rogue One, you know, which has to some extent the same task. You know where things are going to end up, but you want to see how did we get there. And in that regard, I mean, let's be honest, I thought when he decapitates Deadpool and Deadpool's spinning head destroys the cooling tower, that was so utterly ridiculous, but so much fun. Yeah, I love that part. It did make me wonder what the extent of the beams were. Like, why didn't the other cooling towers get hit as well? Yeah. Why isn't the earth chopped in half? Yeah. (laughs) You know, it's like all those oscillating lightsabers at the center of the earth. A good thing Cyclops has never looked at the ground before. (laughs) No, it's just a good thing he hasn't done a sweeping look across the ground. He can look straight down. Yeah. They're not like... Those holes will repair itself, but even just really quickly just sweeps from horizon to horizon. And that's it. World over. No, no, no. It's it's not like perfect laser beams where it goes on, you know, forever. They're more like 400-foot-long lightsabers coming out of his face. Yeah, that's what it looked like in the cg where it's just like okay so it just stops for some reason or 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 maybe the deadpool version is a little bit different from the cyclops original that's why it doesn't destroy the other cooling towers because his doesn't go as far now i'm just envisioning cyclops like trying to clear out the whole universe like katamari style or something just (laughs) sweeping his head back and forth just just like try okay time to clear out the milky way (laughs) see how long it'll take <laughs> well yeah. i think that kind of depends on the speed of light paul yeah and it's, and it's whether it some gets a little wider with um, distance you know and and whether it you know actually obeys the laws of physics in our universe maybe it uh is more instantaneous than that <laughs> 
Now I'm just trying to think about a Netflix Katamari series, live action. <laughs> yeah. Wait, <laughs> they haven't announced this yet? They really should. All right, so I guess ultimately, what did you end up thinking of the movie overall? Would you shoot it in the head and wipe it from your memory, or <laughs> would you allow it to continue to exist in a state of happiness? Guess I'm asking how many origins would you give X-Men Origins Wolverine? <laughs> I, I believe it's pronounced oranges. <laughs> oh, my God. Between that and the bizarre Germany thing, I'm starting to genuinely be like actually wondering what's going on there. What are you talking about? The Is this recent uh, Donald Trump thing. He three times mispronounced the word origin as orange or origins as oranges, I think. Yeah. Well, he's, you know, he's, he, he's, he's sundowning, you know, he's senile. And he keeps he's insisting that problems. his dad was born in Germany for some reason. Yeah, he's got brain yeah. problems. Sorry. You need to see it, folks. Who's going first? Yeah, so just reiterating what we've said already, it's the first 20 minutes of the movie is compelling despite some of the bad CG, and it doesn't really live up to the potential after that, and I think that's one of the biggest problems, is that it's so front-loaded that it's very obvious by the end of the movie that you're not enjoying it anymore. I don't have problems with the Deadpool stuff, just because, I mean, I'm familiar with Deadpool now, I guess, but it's like Doug said, since I've already seen a couple of good Deadpool movies, I don't really care if character was wasted here it's just all the other characters but how am i gonna rate this i'm gonna rate it higher than i thought i was gonna rate it how high did you think you were going to rate it like before you even saw it three 2.53 i'm actually gonna rate it uh six a six origins out of 10 origins (laughs) (laughs) that's a lot of origins it's a mixed bag of origins (laughs) this is like hulk or captain america for you then which Captain America? The best yes, Captain the America? Yep. No, not the original. The, the, the 90 Captain America. The best possible Captain America. The, yeah. <laughs> the Matt Salinger? Was that the guy? Uh, the actor? Yes. Yeah, the Matt uh, Salinger. Don't, don't pretend like you don't remember his name and don't have it tattooed <laughs> on your eyes. <laughs> well, I had to roll up my sleeve. That's what the hesitation was. This movie has more highlights than Captain America, but Captain America has less uh, valleys, I guess. It's a more even movie with how much I enjoyed it. Whereas here, there was it's just downhill. So do you think Kara's reaction of, oh my gosh, no, was justified? The more I think about it, it's probably because of Ryan Reynolds. She probably liked the first few minutes with Ryan Reynolds and was like, why'd they put all that makeup on him? <laughs> and, why, and why they sew his mouth shut? Yeah, she was probably wanting more Dane Cook. <laughs> <laughs> or Justin Long. <laughs> yeah. And I mean, in that, she pretty much shares the opinion of a lot of the audience of this movie originally. Yeah, I guess if you're going for Ryan Reynolds, you might end up disappointed. Be really excited at the beginning and then nothing. I remember at the time people just dumping on it and my reaction sort of being like, okay, it's not Casablanca, but then it's not trying to be. You know, it's perfectly fine for what it's trying to be, which is on some level just, you know, big dumb action movie. And this time around, I feel more or less the same, right? It's not really trying to be anything particularly deep or meaningful, right? Like, it's not trying to have serious conversations about the nature of brotherhood or anything like that, right? On some level, it's just like, hey, we just want to blow stuff up and have 
have gunfights and crazy looking stuff and you know, on some level right like there's nothing wrong with that i mean obviously that's not a very high ambition but that's what you're going for from the outset right and what's the big deal i think what makes this movie really though succeed for me and the most is um the fact that hugh jackman's just really good and leah schreiber is also just really good and i think the two of them interacting together works really well uh so i'm gonna give this six and a half origins out of ten origins so I guess that's X-Men Origins, 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 or Wolverine. <laughs> um, like I said, uh, it's dumb on some level, but it's not trying to be not dumb, right? It knows what it wants to be. It's content to live within those limitations. And the fact that it isn't always successful, okay, well, fine. That's what stops it from being like a 10. But what I will say that we haven't talked about yet is that the best thing to come out of this movie is the tie-in video game, X-Men Origins Wolverine. I was Wolverine. For you to mention that. Which is a great game. It's basically, what if we played God of War, but you were Wolverine? And oh, wow. uh, and it's a lot more violent. I put it in the 360 yesterday just to make sure that my memory wasn't cheating. And it wasn't. And that, by the way, is why there's a, now a nine-year gap between my most recent achievement and the achievement before that on that game. <laughs> because I apparently hadn't played it since 2010. But it's really violent. It's really bloody. So that was actually a bit of a shock, like watching the movie and then putting the game in. Just like, wow, there's a lot more blood in this rated M for mature game. But that video game is great. I recommend if you have a 360 or a PS3, you should absolutely find a cheap copy because that game is awesome. I might have to do that. I can't imagine it's that expensive. Oh, it looks like I could pick it up for like 10 bucks at GameStop or something. Yeah, that sounds about right. So I remember, based on my first theatrical viewing, enjoying the movie a lot more than the general audiences had. And on this viewing, I actually enjoyed it even more you know because as i said i didn't have that kind of oh man they ruined deadpool feeling because i knew everything was gonna be okay so i'm gonna have to give it a 7.5 on the scale that we've established like if you if you were just like without the other stuff going along with it, if you were just like what would you rate this movie i'd be like eight but i can't in good conscience say that i enjoyed it more than blade so 7.5 I enjoyed it. I remember uh, when I saw it the first time thinking it was okay. And I think maybe even somehow liked it more on my uh, second viewing with so many years in between, though. You know, I, I do agree with the general consensus that it was a bit stronger in the beginning. But there were some really cool action scenes. And it was, uh, in general, a lot of fun to watch. Just kind of started to lose a little interest towards the end. Um, so I'm going to give it, I would say, 7 Origins out of 10. Pretty good. Well then, thanks everyone for joining us here on the 29th installment of the Merry Marvel Movie March. We're now going to jump forward to April 2010 next time. We're going to finally be in single digits as far as our distance away (laughs) (laughs) from the present day versus premieres of movies. April 2010 for the sort of Marvel movie Kick-Ass. Do you have to bleep that? Bleep what? No, we're not going (laughs) to. No. (laughs) ass 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 what's happening it's like it's like quarter after 11 (laughs) oh geez for another episode of the gobeski wallace report i'm charlie wallace madam gobeski and thanks to our or or original Thanks to our great guest, Doug Obeski. <laughs> great to be here. And Paul Wilcox. 
I am orange with pleasure to be here. <laughs> it's been great. Thanks for <laughs> I had a good time. <laughs> Thanks, everyone, for listening to our show. Make sure to check out our website, GobeskyWallsReport.com. And don't forget, you can follow us on Twitter. Just follow us at GW Report. And we're on the Facebook as well, just like our page, The Gobeski Walls Report. I kind of forgot what was happening. <laughs> it's always so hard with the Twitter with, like, the at. Like, you don't have to say at, do you? I don't know. It's a question for the listeners to decide. So I actually remember at the time being far more upset about what they did to the character in the second half of the movie than I am now. And the reason for that is because I was like, oh man, Deadpool's in this. Cool. And then he's just kind of like, it's just kind of a wet fart, you know? <laughs> Oddly so now, so, so now, <laughs> Paul, back me up on this. <laughs> So now that we get a nice ripple going. (laughs) Apparently Adam doesn't mind having to change his shorts. (laughs) He's like, it's a a good excuse to put on a clean pair. (laughs) That's the signal that lets me know it's time to change. (laughs) (laughs) You know, once every couple hours and it's fine. Yeah, that's why I moved so close to work. <laughs> Your lunchbox contains an entire package of underwear briefs. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I just. Or no, no, sorry, 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 sorry. Let me redo that joke. Yeah, so you know, you walk into work carrying a briefcase, and in this case, it contains a bunch of Hanes briefs. Nah, first version was better. <laughs> I think. I think we got to keep it all. Yeah, the second version was more vintage Doug, though. <laughs> Should have said fruit of the loom. Sorry. But... <laughs> All right, start the podcast over, guys. <laughs> is that the wet fart smell? <laughs> oh, I think I know what the tag is. <laughs> Why is he bothering you after all these years? Because I'm the best there is at what I do. What I do best isn't very nice. You're not an 